This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We are the Agony Uncles. I'm Uncle Dave. Uh, and I'm Uncle Sai. And yes, we're back to solve another truckload of troubles. And so, to bring us your bothers, it's Mr Jeeves, as always. Yes, hello. Um, nice to see you all. Yeah, this week, lots of... Well, not lovely problems. It's not really nice to say lovely problems, but lots of things for us to get dug into. And uh, a couple of them are cookery-based, so we're going to go with a couple of culinary issues today because I think there's uh, there's obviously a need that you can fulfil. And the good bitch is back. The Prada of problems, the Tiffany of our troubles, it's Posh Tash. Morning. Do you know what I just thought you said? I just thought you said, oh, the good bitch, she's back. You actually said the good bit, didn't you? The good bit, she's back. Tash, it's me. Would I say that? No, actually, no. that's very true. You would not. No, you're very charming and lovely to me. Let's get solving. Wiggle your jingle finger, dude. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Because I heard your advice is the best. In today's filing cabinet of calamity, Uncle Sai, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, you're going to be helping our lovely podcast family to help solve these dilemmas and disasters. We have... In a lather, over lava, we have some beer batter bother, we have swipe left stress, and, I don't know why I write them so difficultly, and in confidential corner we have my fella's feely foibles. But our first problem is called In a lather, over lava, and it comes from Anna, who's in Q, who says, Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, I've only just discovered your podcast. I'm having a real laugh listening to them all. Thank you. I was just wondering if you could help me with a recipe idea. You see, my dad is Welsh and enjoys eating lava bread. He's in his early 80s. He can only really eat it when I pop home to see him, though, as mum doesn't like the taste. She also doesn't like the smell of a cooked breakfast. However, when I'm at home, we have bacon with eggs and lava bread patties fried with oats. It's such a great flavour combination. He looks forward to me visiting. Uh, He's also made a starter in the past adding it to cockles and bacon. But have you got any other ideas? Mm. I added it to scrambled egg the other day, which is also very tasty, but looked revolting. Uh, Thank you so much. Look forward to hearing more of you and listening and giggling to the podcasts. That's Anna in queue. Over to you. Around the corner from me. Oh, I love lava bread, Kingy, don't you? So so tasty. Yeah. Dare I say it? What is it? Lava bread, it's a type of edible harvested seaweed that's very popular in Wales. Oh. Um, but it's like, it, it's it's quite a gentle taste, isn't it? And it's, um, the texture is quite loose. But traditionally, I mean, it's nice eating with cockles, but we kind of, I think we used to render some bacon fat down, toss some oats in it, then put the lava bread in it. And again, it's great with cockles and a bit of, bit of malt vinegar. Mm. Um I'll tell you what I did with it once because I, I had, I, it was actually after I'd been to, your, to yours, Dave, and we got some, um, I got some Mork and Bray Pro, um, you know, Ooh, shrimp. Yeah. And I literally just put cockles through it, Mork and Bray shrimp, the bacon, the lot, and just put it together with the oats 
it was fantastic. So I just layered up those. It was so, so lovely. But particularly, I did more um, more and beer shrimp than I did mm. the other ingredients other than the oats. Oh, it was superb. It, it looks kind of green and slimy mm. at first, it, but, but the taste is different to its looks. Um, it's really Moorish. I know someone been filming Wales sometimes, some nice hotels. They have it on the breakfast table and mm. just go mad for it. But said the oats in the bacon, it's so tasty and cockles. So the word bread is slightly deceiving. It's not a bread. Well, it's a cultural reference to what was available at the time. So no, you're right. It's not. It's not a bread. But right, okay. It, okay. It, it, when you mix it with you, when you mix it with oats, it's it. Yeah. It's no, it's not bread because it's not, it's not flour. It's based, sort of more but... of a moisture, moisture yeah. Yeah, serving. Yeah. Okay. It's so lovely. Yeah, having said oh, that, I have, I have made bread with it. Yes, that's true. I mix lava bread in, into the everyday loaf and oh. um, it gives it a colour and obviously it's the health benefits of lava bread. It's monster, mm-hmm. you know, with iron and everything you need, really. It's one of those superfoods that we should be eating. Funny enough, I, I looked it up, I wanted some the other day and not living in Wales, and you can get it on Tinternet in tins. I don't know how good it will oh. be, but then, as I say, you tend to do something with it, like with bacon and oatmeal. Lava bread. Oh, I see. There. Oh, interesting. It's, it's, what, it's what poor people eat, Tash. No, stop it. <laughs> Not that bad. I am actually half Welsh, so I feel really guilty that I actually don't really know it. And you would just admitted it over, over millions <laughs> of 20,000 years that's listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, no! I moved. I was never. I never lived there. I've been in Surrey so long. I've forgotten my roots. You said so he's describing that letter that as a breakfast food, and you're describing it with cockles. It, it could. It, is it known for being a breakfasty thing with bacon fats? And is that normal, or is it actually just a, a dinner time or lunchtime food? Well, I think I think historically it was any time you wanted to eat it, really. But I think it's kind of in the modern world, it's kind of moved over to breakfast time. Oh, it has. Um, okay. Yeah, because you know, wait. I mean, it's it was um, on the on the menu for lunch and sometimes for dinner at, in very nice restaurants. It's it's you know, I mean, obviously in fine dining, it's refined a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But the, tra- the tradition of the flavour is still there. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, to me, it's a breakfast savoury. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like an old forty. If you go to Ireland, you've got your bit of black pudding, your white pudding. You go to Scotland, you hope there's haggis on the breakfast table. Go to Wales, you hope for lava bread. bread. I found right. out what we did actually in the Harry Bikers Go Local when we were trying to introduce chefs to produce around them. And one was a seaweed farm in Wales. We made some seaweed bread, so it was with dulse. Um, you had to be very careful whether it was a bit of kelp and dulse. Well, seaweed really enriches the bread. And we made this posh bruschetta with lava bread, cockles, crispy bacon. And on the side, we served that with a crab and charred chicory salad. Wow. But it oh, was epic. Do you yes, remember the posh bruschetta? I do. Yes, it's like a I seaweed do fest. But again, we stuck pretty, you know, with the bacon and cockles, we kept it pretty oh, authentic, really. Sounds quite salty. Is it quite salty? With the we with you doing seaweed and bacon and I've got a heavy salt laden taste. In it. No, no, not That's really, not, not particularly. Oh. Not in the hands of us. It was fine. No, of course not. Yes, Apologies. yes, <laughs> it's good, good stuff. <laughs> soup would be good. You make good soup with it. I'm just trying to think what you could do with it. You know, lava breads in in soup would be nice. I wonder if you could mix it with spinach. Yeah, why not? But no, it's nice. It's nice stuff, and with seafood as well. I mean, obviously, it's come from Wales, but is it not found or used like that? I mean, obviously, the Japanese use seaweed a lot, don't they? But is it really 
really well, just I, I don't know. to Wales. I, I, I mean, I think that the culture of eating it is particular to Wales, but I'm not mm-hmm. entirely sure whether the particular seaweed is just from Wales. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, actually. No, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's made from an edible seaweed consumed mainly in Wales as part of a local traditional cuisine. The seaweed is commonly found on the west coast of Great Britain and the coast of Ireland, where it's known as Sleebach. It's smoothing texture and forms delicate sheet-like thali, often clinging to rocks. It is good, brownish in colour, but boils down to a dark green pulp when prepared. So hence, well, it's like lava seaweed has a high content of dietary minerals, particularly iodine and iron. The high iodine content gives a seaweed a distinctive flavour in common with olives and oysters. Oh, interesting. That sounds like it had great health benefits coming from the sea, doesn't it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is good. It is good. Eaten with bacon and cockles, part of a Welsh breakfast. Art can also be used to make a sauce to accompany lamb. I can see that working, Kingy. Oh, yeah. Bloody hell, I didn't realise that. Ooh. Crab, monkfish, etc. And to make lava soup. And Richard Burton was quoted as describing lava bread as Welshman's caviar. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, nice. There you go, Anna. Lots of suggestions there for Welshman's caviar and uh, yeah, a bit of posh bruschetta. And away you go. That's how we got Elizabeth Taylor into bed, you know. <laughs> Splodging uh. with lava bread. Tush. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's another term for a green monster. <laughs> <laughs> Food makes everything better. Okay, on to our next issue, uh, which is called Beer Batter Bother. And this comes from Rod. And Rod says this, Hello, Harry boys and Posh Tash. I love your beer batter recipe from the <clears throat> Mums No Best series. Uh, it's a winner, he says. But I want to do something special for a dinner I'm making for my other half for our 12th anniversary. I want to make it, but with champagne batter instead of beer. Now, that might not sound romantic, but our very first meal out together was fish and chips. And so we have that on our anniversary every year. Trouble is, I had a go at it. I used some champagne we had left over from Christmas, and it's come out rather like a pumice stone. I thought champagne would just be a straight swap for the beer. Any ideas? Ask Rod. Over to you. Yeah, it should be. Um, is this your, your, The champagne would have to be, as the beer does, because I think we say that in the recipe, it's got to be cold. Mm, don't know why that wouldn't come out like a pumice stone. It should work, shouldn't it? Yeah, we, it should we've, work, yeah. Do you we were on a boat in the Mediterranean, and we made gin and tonic battered fish and chips. Yeah. Where we used, because um, if you put some, like, we, we got to pick that tip in Korea, when we were battering the chicken karagi, probably pronunciation, apologise for it, but um, instead of twice frying it, we put vodka in the in the recipe. So we did the same thing with gin, but we used tonic water. And it, it did did work really well, actually. And the, and the, mm. the gin gave it a flavour. The tonic water, it, it was like a slight, slight savoury sweet, you know, with the with the fish, you know, with the batter. And also, obviously, with a slice of lemon on the top. It was great. It was one of our finest moments. But champagne should work. Is I mean, champagne not- battery is a thing. I don't know, I'm, you know me, I'm told, I might be talking absolute rubbish. Is it not the yeast in the beer that's not in the champagne that makes a difference? Well, there, there's the always, yeah, there's, it's the fizz, really. I mean, there could be that as well, but not really, because you have yeast and champagne. My two penneth was don't waste the champagne in the fish and chips. Do you have a decent bottle and drink it out of a glass like you normally would? <laughs> well, it's, at, it's our anniversary, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I've just been on Google, and champagne batter is, in fact, a thing that people are doing. And there's champagne battered chicken nuggets, which I've got to admit sounds wow. something we could nick, actually, Kingy. But it says here, 
Refrigerate the batter. Yeah. You have to stir constantly, keep it smooth for three to 12 hours. So it's the coldness that seems to be quite important. Um, well, then you just dip your chicken in the champagne batter. Imagine that, posh chicken nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine long... you can taste the beer in a batter, but can you taste champagne in a batter? I don't know. Well, it's not about that, is it? It's about like, you know, it's unlikely you could, but I, I guess that it's about the lightness and airiness yeah. of the batter rather than yeah. tasting in the champagne. In my head, I can just see a beautiful anniversary evening. Right now, it's two glasses of champagne and there's two pieces of fish stuck in the glasses at the moment. <laughs> and I'm just going, oh, the champagne stuck in, uh, in the fish in the glass. I'm just thinking, pour it in the glass, please, oh, and get a decent fish and chips. <laughs> oh, you're such a trollop. Oh, <laughs> no, no. See, I'm thinking, the, the other day, you know, to, to keep her, my, my, my good lady happy, I made Dover sole tempura. Like yeah. goujons of Dover sole, but with very light tempura batter. And obviously the secret to that was ice cold sparkling water that then the tempura really gives it uh, and don't whisk it too much you disturb the bubbles but can imagine like dover sole um kind of goujons or tempura with champagne batter that'd be rather lovely that does it? sound quite nice yeah, yeah. and the dryness in the champagne yeah. mm. prosecco dryness. Or, yeah. or do a fritto misto italian style with prosecco batter and don't forget to season your fish as well. You know, just before you stick it in the yeah. batter, because that's always that's always that's always a top tip. Yeah, but I don't know why it's gone f gone cardboardy. No, I don't. No, I don't. Pumice be. stones a bit. Oh, that's a bit heavy. That like. Or is it champagne stone. left over from Christmas? Maybe it was champagne that was open. It's lost its bubble. <gasps> yes. yes. Now you're talking. Yeah, like many things in life, when you lose your fizz, you're knackered. <laughs> yeah, it's true, isn't it, though? That, that, that wouldn't, you might as well, you know, it's not going to happen. Uh, no, exactly. Well, Rod, some pretty good thoughts there. First of all, make sure your champagne is fizzy and full of bubbles and also keep it cold. Um, we should probably grab a glass of champagne now, actually, as we take a very short break. If you've got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the Agony Uncles a line. Yes, welcome back to the Agony Uncles. But our next problem comes from Adam. Uh, Adam says, I'm a long-time listener, but a first-time correspondent. Adam says, no need to choose an alias. We can carry on and get straight to the crux of the matter. Plus, I'd like to break the tradition and nominate Posh Tash as the <gasps> Oracle of Wisdom before throwing it over to the boys. <laughs> what a mistake oh! to make <laughs> oh, you, oh, he's flying with the city of his pants, yeah. isn't he? You're gonna, <laughs> is, there's, there's, you might have regret it. about this, Adam, but let's go for it anyway. The reason I have such a caveat is that my matter concerns wooing the female persuasion. Ooh. says Adam. So, from my early 30s to my early 50s, I had no trouble in getting the ladies to give up their precious favours. Armed with a fun personality, says Adam, and a sense of humour, they couldn't get enough of me. Life was good. However, I hasten to add that A, I'm a Brit, B, I wasn't living in the UK at the time, and C, I am what can only be described as a minger. My sense of humour and personality were the key ingredients to opening hearts and passions. However, I returned to the UK in the mid-2000s, and since then, I've only had one dalliance, which lasted a few months. I'm now 61. I've joined all sorts of dating sites. I've had three types of reply. No, no, and fat chance. We know that these sites are nothing but beauty contests, so those of us who are not blessed with natural good looks are swiped left by the judgmental brigade. My profile is upbeat, a tad humorous, I'm polite, engaging, my profile photos are pretty good because I'm a photographer, but after one brief look, 
It's like the start of the Grand National. And they're off. Help me if you can. I've run out of ideas. Adam, starting with Postage. Over to you. Um, I'm actually not sure I am the oracle on this one because I'm the ones that are swiping left, aren't I? I'm, I'm there swiping. We're the, the mean ones. Whereas the boys probably have got the, all the hot tips on how to woo when it's not so successful, etc. But I would say that... I, I do agree, actually, being abroad, you know, the Brits, you can't beat a Brit sense of humour. It is unique. It is brilliant. And no matter where you go in the world, we're very dry, we're very sarcastic. So it is. And I think if you go around the world and you, could, you make it work, you stand out from the crowd um, for good or bad, actually, some places. Um, but I just think you're a bit hard on yourself. You Minga, Minga, that's really mean. You know, you're very confident. You think you've got a great personality. You think you've got, you know, you had all the ladies, but you think you're unattractive. There is somebody out there for everybody. And it's not always about the looks and it is about the personality. And I think online dating is rubbish anyway, because it's first impressions. So I think it's got to be getting out there, isn't it? Got to be getting out and meeting people. And if your personality is so fantastic, then it's got to be sitting in a restaurant or a bar, hanging with your friends and letting them see that personality. Because it, it looks can't be that bad because it worked once, once upon a time. You know, I just think you're being extra hard on yourself. And also, he seems to have a little bit of self-awareness, so that's nice. And he's not, he doesn't seem to have a raging ego going at, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gorgeous. You know, that's kind of, kind of That's good yeah. fun. And he sounds like a laugh. And do you know what? I don't think you should hunt it down. You know, just keep, you never know where it is. You, you know, the life is short and the fun in life is you don't really know where it's going. So the next great thing could be around the corner at any point. You know, don't write yourself off just because you can't now, you never will. But you just, you could be in the supermarket and you have a bit of a laugh with someone at the till and suddenly you get in conversation. It doesn't have to be on a dating site. It doesn't have to be in a bar. You never know where you're going to meet somebody. So, I mean, and I just, mm, we haven't got a picture of him. I mean, we can't sit here and go, yeah, well, there you go. Pretty ugly. <laughs> never going to do it. Poor chap. He's just being hard on himself. What do you think, Dave? I think it's funny, actually, because was um, somebody you know recently started going back dating after a while, a young person. See, I, I think I'm dead fortunate that I've completely missed this internet dating thing. And it that. seems to be what he said was, oh, this is the way that we meet people these days. But I looked on it, but everybody was not being themselves. Mm -hmm. all, all, all the ladies seemed to be going... You know, <laughs> pouting or, or, or fuzzy, that all the blokes seem to be there with a picture of the car behind them. Or it, 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 it was all kind of like about this show thing. Um, you know, all the men were trying to be James Bond, and all, all the women seemed to be wanting to be the, I don't know, they just seemed to be have a duck pout. And um, pages after pages of this, you know, and I just thought, well, where, where are the like the just nice people that just want to go out and have a drink with? Or, or, where are you going to find these people? And I, I, sometimes, yeah, so the dating sites work. But on the whole, you need to have a laugh with somebody to meet them, to have a conversation. Yeah, uh, you know, they're setting this stall out. It's no mystery there. It can only be downhill from this mythical creature that you build yourself up to be. On, on we can't say the sites come with its sewers. But do you know what I mean? You've got, you, you, you're just writing this biography trying to sell yourself and maybe not present yourself how you actually are. If you say, I'm a really good bloke, a bit of a laugh, and I can cook, it's not going to go down well, is it? Mm. You know? Mm. Oh, and it's brutal that someone could just swipe you left and it's all over. You, know, you put yourself out there, you go, oh, like you, and then someone goes, no, no, no. I mean, that's hard. It, well, it, it, and it also chips away at your confidence as well, doesn't it? And it also chips away at your self-esteem. It chips away at 
Uh, yeah, psychologically, it's not, it's not, it's not great. Um, it's all superficial. Uh, yeah, and and you know, as as you were saying, mate, what where do you go from there? You know, if you set yourself up as somebody that you're not, that you really aren't, then what you know, where do you go from there? Because it's it's a bit like a, a relationship supermarket, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I don't like the look of that, or him, yeah, or the, her, or that. Oh, yeah. God. But you know, but you know what? The reality is, though, it is a way people do meet each other nowadays. It, it yeah, is a it business, is. Yeah, and it's happening. Yeah. Um, but maybe that he's uh, stuck. Adam's sort of stuck in this is what I am. This is what I only think I'm good at. This is what I think I'm not great at. My looks, whatever. And he's just sticking to it and hoping something bites. Maybe he needs to sit down and rewrite this profile if he's going to be on the dating sites. Rethink who he is and, and his approach to it, because maybe. You know, things do move on and maybe there are certain sense of humans don't work anymore or the photo doesn't work. Maybe he just needs to try again uh, and a whole new guise maybe. Or just get out and about and meet people. It's a bit like the, the previous, you know, don't stay in and watch the box sets. We're kind of joking about that. Yeah. But it's true. A lot you, you can get into a rut like that. And sometimes you need to kick up the backside. Just go out and meet people. You know, um, hiking clubs, for instance, if you just want, you know, it's it's full of mixed people and a lot of people there are single, but you get to know them on a walk, get to have a laugh, a drink afterwards <laughs> in the old fashioned way. Or indeed go to the pub or a club, you know, yeah. and just, just meet people. Um, and do I don't know, know I think it's terrible these days. I think the, the, the working from home thing as well, mm. it must be really isolating. I, I, I really don't get that at all, especially yeah. for youngsters. You know, whether it be a factory or an office, it's the camaraderie that sometimes made dreary jobs really, really good fun. Absolutely. And people are missing out on that. Then you meet somebody at work in a canteen or whatever that you have a laugh with and it starts like those little kernels of, and then, you know, then you have a drink after work and exactly. so it goes on. Yeah. And do you know, somebody said to me the other day, they went, oh, I know somebody, this really, really pretty, pretty girl and she's with somebody. I don't know why they're together because he's not anything special kind of attitude. And I was like, it's so wrong that we could have that attitude to go, they've got to look so beautiful and perfect together. Because obviously it's very beautiful girl is with this, and young actually, so we're not talking of a, a generation, an age where the man's got money, let's say someone's in money might be the interest. Nothing at all like that. Too early for that. And I just went, you know what? It's, it doesn't matter what you look like. Someone gets to know you and you love somebody for who they are, genuinely who they are. You've just got to have a chance to have that. I think yeah, you do, you do, and I think that, and I think particularly for 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 um, for the younger generations, it's it it's always been this been this constant message about the aesthetic. It's been about it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. You've got to have this, you've yeah. got to have that. You've got to look like this, you've got to look like that. If you're not this, you're not complete. You're not a whole person. You're not the, uh, and it's just been this complete and utter brow beating. Of 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 the emotion that uh, uh, to the ne to to the neglect of that emotional connection that you have with somebody, whether it be whether it be fleeting or whether it be long term, and it, it it's not always about the aesthetic. Good advice, all uh, Adam. Good luck to you. I hope that's helped, mm. and uh, and keep Thank us informed. Let us know how you get on because we think you sound great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go out with you, mate. Yeah. There you go. I You've mean, there'd be, no, there'd be no jiggy jiggy, but at least I'd go out for a pint. I think he wants to go out with Posh Tash, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. look at Well, if you're down, if you're down, now don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Just send an email to the agony uncle. Well, it's time to head to Confidential Corner, and it's called My Fellas Feely 
foibles. For this, we need a male and a female name. I do believe that Posh Tash would like to give us both, wouldn't she? Oh, cue the very cross face from Posh Tash. One name written down, and that's a female name, but oh. I haven't got the male. So we're going Belinda. Belinda. And? and? Just a name I'm not a massive fan of, so I don't really know where it came from. Oh, okay. And a male. <laughs> Sorry to all Belindas out there, by the way. Yeah, sorry to all Belindas. I had a friend when I was younger called Belinda. I don't think I really liked her very much. And I will confess and I'll apologise too. We went on a camp when I was about eight and they're one of those old-fashioned roundabouts um, that were yeah. like wooden and they had concrete around the edges yes, of them. Yes. And I was forced to be, I think I was in a camp for a week or something with her. And I must admit, I, I might have spun the roundabout rather faster than it should have gone while she was on it. So she might have come off it. Oh, my And she. she possibly wasn't able to come to the rest of the day's camp that day. Oh. So, I, I mean, I'm sorry, Belinda, but at the time I was only little a, at the time. So you've harboured harbor that guilt all these <laughs> years and you've come out with it now. <laughs> sorry. No. By choosing sorry, her name Belinda. for a problem on the, on the podcast. Okay. Anyway, but Belinda is going to be going with... Max, is that do? Max, okay, that's okay. Well, Belinda writes about Max. And says Carl that... Hoxton. And yeah. <laughs> Maximilian and Belinda. really huge beard. He's got really cool glasses. <laughs> He's got turned up jeans, a pair of DMs. Oh, does he? Cool. Okay. Uh, jeans, uh, a T-shirt with a very <laughs> expensive jacket on top. my son, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Max, uh, uh, Max has uh, well. Belinda writes about Max. Dear Agony Uncles, I'm going out with a man called Max, and he's quite nice. We've been together a few weeks now. We have a pleasant time together. One thing he does, though, strikes me as odd. I want to know if it's just something that men do. When we sit and watch TV, he puts his hand down the front of his trousers, into his pants, and holds himself. When I first saw this on our third date, I asked him what he was doing, but he didn't actually know that he was doing it. Since then, I've noticed he does it every time he sits down to watch something. He says it's something he's always done. It's comforting. But he'll be meeting some of my family soon, and if it's involuntary, I'd be worried that the whole time he'll be chatting with me brother, he'll suddenly slip his hand down his pants. I don't think that would go down well. Is this normal? Asks Belinda, now fully recovered from her incident on the roundabout. <laughs> uh, uh, no. <laughs> no. No. Uh, Belinda, what I suggest you do if he's in polite company is get like, you know, can you remember that um, uh, Highway 66 Revisited, uh, that Bob Dylan track, where he's got this, I'm in a get those cards and oh, just cards go, hands Russia. off, you willy. <laughs> so every time he's kind of going for it, just flip it out really quickly and go, hands off, you willy, and then put it back again, just to remind him that, um, that, uh, yeah, that no, that's right. No, you don't jostle in public, do you? No. I mean, there was a there used to be a spark that used to work with electrician, and he was like that. He was one of those men who always wore like you remember nylon football shorts, not like the funky ones, and they were always a bit baggy in the leg, and he'd always be having a jostle. And you know, it was just like, oh, you know, it makes you squirm. Also, when it comes to shake your hand, I, I, I didn't want to do it. You know, what happens if he's doing that in front of the telly? I'll make you a cup of tea, love. He goes off and he passes you a biscuit. You oh. don't want to eat it, do you? No. Not when it's been down his, you know, his, his house, your father. From childhood, because I think little boys, once they find their willies, yes. they do sort of stick their hands down there. And, you know, as a mum, you go, get your hands out your pants, sweetheart, in your own time. You know, get your hands out your pants. And I think if mothers don't say that enough to teach you, mm. you shouldn't put your hands down your pants. I think it can be a, a comfort thing that a little boy finds his willy and he puts it down there and it maybe just he got <clears throat> told never to take his hand out. Well, you see, the thing is, I think that's exactly true because you do do that. We did it with all the boys that'll go because it's a fascinating thing once 
you find it, you know, yeah. it's like, whoa, what's this thingy? <laughs> and put it around, wrap it around your little finger and all of that. It's great. Feels quite nice. And it was like this great, there was, I, I love, I love the opening to Kess. Because the brother comes in, he goes, right, hands off, Cox, on socks. You know, I mean, like in, sometimes at night I wake up and, you know, I've been, you know, I'm all curled up in a ball in a fetal position and my hands may be like, you know, comforting <laughs> myself, but that's, that's in the privacy of my own self. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's different actually, but not while you're watching the telly. No, a sportsman though, often, and uh, outdoor adventurers, they say if you need to keep your hands warm, that men should put their hands down their pants. So lots of rugby players will stick their hands down their shorts huh? to keep their hands warm before they catch a ball in the cold game. Um, but I think they're doing that for a purpose. To so did you used sport. to do that, Simon, when you played rugby? No, I normally had it down the, uh, the, uh, down the front of the second row, you know. Uh, <laughs> Get off us, Kingy, you pervert. Yeah, no, sorry, dude, my hands are freezing. Put them down your own pants. Yeah, no, that is true, that, actually, yeah, because our coach used to tell us to do that when it was freezing. Yeah. But, yeah, I, 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 it was rather uncomfortable because, actually, what happens is your voice rises about five octaves and you sound a bit like, pass me the ball! <laughs> well, you know, I always remember, like, Polaroid pictures. You know, when Polaroid cameras first came out, they came complete with a cold clip. And in cold weather, you used to put your picture in this clip and put it under your arms. Oh. You put your cold clip, because apparently that's quite warm too. But there's something oh. less offensive about putting your, uh, you know, in your oxters than it is your nuts, isn't it? Yeah. I'd like to think that um, maybe Max would say to Belinda, <clears throat> do you know what, uh, sweetheart, I don't really genuinely don't realise I'm doing it and I absolutely don't want to offend your family. So if you see my hands going down there, please give me a nudge and a kick. I don't want to do it. But if Max is going, can't help it, <laughs> I think that's a bit rude. I mean. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I, no, I think no. he's stuck in that. What is the, What are those periods? The first period of development uh, as a human being is the anal period, isn't it? And then you go on to something else. But there's quite a lot of people stuck in that period where their hands go down the front. It's, like it's a toddler. Than, yeah, like a toddler. It's better than the, it's better than the you know, the other one. I think I should say to him, come here, love. If you need comfort, let me do it for you. Oh. You know? Well, she, she, she loves him. You know what I mean? That'd give him comfort. And if in he front of the family, then, though. Hey? Not in front of the family. No, <laughs> but in front of the telly, be all right. Could you, could you pass the roast potatoes? I'm sorry, I've got my hand down my boyfriend's pants. <laughs> yeah, just having a jostle. Oh, dear God. God. Yes. No, um, well, you could buy him those underpants that are so tight he can't get his hands in. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tighter belt. Good call. Yeah, like and that. sew his pockets up as well. <laughs> <laughs> or alternatively, you could just give him a slap and tell him to stop being a prat. Yeah, and grow up. <laughs> and grow up. Aye. Put your hands out your pants, you pervert. <laughs> well, there you go, Belinda. Uh, some fine advice. Uh, and no, no, it isn't normal. Uh, unless, of course, he's <clears throat> still a toddler, which some men may well be. If, if your, your life's, life's in a mess, mess then the email address is theagonyuncles at theherrybikes.co.uk. Yeah. As always, we send our thanks to you for listening to us and for sending us in your lovely thoughts, comments, problems and conundrums. Remember, the email address to send us your problems to is agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. 
We'll have new episodes for you every Friday. Uh, you can always rely on the Agony Uncles podcasts for a little weekend like relief. Just follow and subscribe to make sure you don't miss a single one. So from Pishtash, I mean Poshtash. Goodbye. The Thin White Duke. Well, goodbye. And Trimbles. Tra. Yeah, bye-bye, everybody. Bye, safe, safe week. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.